Welcome to the Nibble Scotland Over Coffee podcast, where our aim is to get out and meet some of the most amazing food champions around Scotland. People who are craftsmen in their profession and have a passion for delivering the finest produce for our own gain. And in Scotland, we are completely spoiled for choice in this food paradise. This week is a first for me, as I have walked into the Wild Hearth Bakery, a wood-fired sourdough bakery in the middle of their preparation. There is something very therapeutic about the action of kneading, shaping and baking, like watching a roaring fire. Please listen into our conversation and hear from master craftsman and baker John Castley on his journey from setting up this bakery in the former prisoner of war camp in Cultibragan in Comrie, Perthshire, which is now serving throughout central Scotland and Michelin star restaurants, including one of the world's finest, Andrew Fairley's restaurant in Glen Eagles. John here. Hello, Hello. how are you? <laughs> Am I too early? No, Am I no, okay? Is this a bad time? I'm good. I love to talk while you work. Nice and warm and cosy in here yeah, after indeed. Beautiful environment. It's a beautiful place. Yeah. And you picked a very lovely day. I did. I got the best day of the week, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are you making to snack? This is our white sourdough. Okay. The, well, we call it whitish because it's, um, it's about 25% sort of stone ground flour, mm-hmm. and the rest is a is a white flour, but it's a very very light bread. So it's, you see, it's, it's, it's light there in your hands. There. Yeah, well you see it. Oh, well, you, if you if you hang around for half an hour, I'll hang around for half um, an hour. You'll see the miche come out. So the miche are our stone ground. They're a more rustic bread, okay. um, made with a stone ground organic flour from Yorkshire. So how long have you been here, John? Two and a half years now. We, we um, well, I've been here for three years because it took six months of uh, of renovation to get the place ready. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, we've been trading for two and a half years. And where is your background in bread making? My background is that I left school way back in 1908, well I left school in 1986, ended up working in a sourdough bakery, a wood-fired sourdough bakery in Australia, uh-huh. in Melbourne, for a year, it was sort of a gap year, and that kind of kindled my passion, and I went and had a completely different career in IT, but I kept my hand in and kept in touch with bakers that I met at that time, uh-huh. so this, this is kind of, then I had a career change, became a chef when I was 40. And this is kind of the culmination of a, it's come back. of a lifelong dream, sort of full circle, yeah. So as a young boy, this is where you, you thought... Yeah, as a... As a Prisoner as a, of war camp in the middle of Persia. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what I pictured when I was, <laughs> when I was 19. So and when did you move over to Scotland? So I moved to the UK in 2010 and Scotland in 2015. Okay. Spent a year just uh, baking from home, sort of a, a cottage bakery supplying chefs and a few farm shops. Uh-huh. This place, a chef who I supplied actually, and he sort of said to me, oh, you know there's this place that's unit going at Coffee Coffee Dragon Camp? And um, so I came and had a look at it and uh-huh. it's perfect. I was initially shocked because the place was in terrible place. Really? Um, I mean, it was sagging, mouldy plasterboard and bird's nests and kind of a bit depressing really. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, six months of 
hard slogan. We got it into a mistake. What size is this, the unit you have? 1,000 square foot, 100 square meters. Okay. Um, and then we've taken a little bit more um, space just in that corridor there. It seems okay. to be the underlying theme. We're taking a little bit more here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> It's a growth. It grow, you know, business grows and you never have enough space. Yeah. And a friend of mine sort of said to me at one point, I said that to him, and he said, look, having a bakery is about moving stuff around. You just, everything should, lots of stuff's on wheels and you just have to keep moving it yeah. around. So who's the market? Where are you selling into today? Well, we, um, we sort of supply the whole central belt. We supply Perthshire, Stirlingshire, Fife. A lot of customers in Fife, oh. are very popular over there, and Dundee. Okay. And a little bit further and north and inland from Dundee as well. Okay. Um, and is it via wholesale or into the farmers markets? Well, it's mainly wholesale. Mm -hmm. I mean, most of our most of our business is wholesale. Okay. But you know, farmers markets where we maintain a connection to Enjoy the, the to the public and. Uh, and are you helping like in terms of like into the community here with Creef? Is there much connection with the schools and showing them what um, to do? Or? Well, yeah, I um, I've given sort of baking demonstrations and little how-to explanations to the local primary school. Uh -huh. Just been contacted again to do that again. Um, I get a lot of inquiries about people wanting, you know, bread classes. Right. And uh, it's definitely on my. Another on my thing. list. Um. So making bread, to me, I always thought it was like your three o'clock in the morning job. Well, <laughs> this is quite civilized. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it has been um, historically, although in France, at one time they banned uh, they banned night baking. Okay. Um, I think it was a point where the French, being more sort of attuned to lifestyle quality. Um, so there's a, there's a baker I went to visit in Ireland, he's got a poster on the wall, which is a, you know, a prohibition against nighttime baking, a French poster. But I decided that if I wanted to, you know, attract really good people, uh. I had to provide a good lifestyle. And, you know, you're in Comrie, um, which is a beautiful place, but it's also a you know, reasonably remote place. Yeah. Uh, so the innovation of the bread, are you trying new, are you taking new flavours to the markets or different things you'd normally do or testing I think, things? I think really what we're about is, we're a bit more classical in our approach in the sense that the bread we do is about really finessing something quite traditional and rustic mm -hmm. um, to sort of provide you know, exceptional flavour. Uh, what I don't really want to do is get into that market of supplying, you know, Gruyere and jalapeno. Mm -hmm. But it's not really what we're about. We're about doing something which feels to us a lot more true to tr tradition. Exactly. Um, the kind of thing that would appeal to chefs and people with a real feeling for food. In terms of innovation, um, there is a lot of innovation in the sense that we make sourdough viennoiserie, so sourdough croissant, pain au chocolat, almond croissant, etc. And they're all sourdough, they're pure sourdough. And have you got a name for your starter? Uh, it used to be called 
It, it used to be called Franzino. Okay, very nice. Uh, Good morning, Franzino. How are Franzino? we? Franzino, yeah. <laughs> because it, it came from Italy. It was a, it was a panettone starter. Okay. Um, there was a sort of a panettone master in Italy who one of my original bakers trained with. What we know about starters these days, a starter that I that I create now mm. in a few weeks can be as good as a starter which is you know 300 years old mm. inverted commas because a starter which is 300 years old isn't 300 years old in the sense that it will adapt to the way that it's managed to the place that it's in mm -hmm. um, so from a microbial point of view if you analyze it about 300 years it's probably undergone a whole series of changes that means that the leaven you're, you know, the sourdough you're using now is not the sourdough yeah. that was used back then. No. So how many loaves are we going to get out of this? We're getting uh, 53 smalls, 10 sort of large, extra large, 25 extra extra large, they're okay. like 2.1 kilos, and some rolls and some large tin loaves. So yeah. we, um, we make quite a variety of breads from this single dough because we're catering to everyone from restaurants who want little, small, round breads uh -huh. to cafes and restaurants who want massive loaves and everything in between. What was the challenge of starting the business? Okay, so the biggest challenges, I would say, would be beginning a wholesale business in a place that had never encountered what we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, and, and sort of trying to convince people to pay a little bit more for quality. Well, I think, I think we were just very lucky in the early days that Andrew fairly discovered us, and uh, he, he really championed us. Um, and through Andrew, we, we, we started supplying other Michelin restaurants. Uh -huh. um, and I suppose, really, the quality of what we do speaks for itself. So people discovered it and were converted simply because of the product. I had yesterday, I had the owner of a, uh, of a bakery that is well established in, in Scotland come and visit me and he said, look, well done for charging the right prices. Before you came along, it was a race to the bottom. Yeah. You know, it was really, you, you can't make bread like this. No. And many markers, and I think as people now look to watch their food miles, yeah. they're more prepared to pay that a little bit more for a bit of love and care and yeah. understanding the back the backstory of the product. Yeah. I think for those things that are really essential, it's a bit like meat. I could, we could buy meat from Aldi for half the price, but if you're gonna, there, there are certain things in life that are really worth spending just a little bit more of. So I guess it's, um, yeah, bread is one of those things I think where, you know, the bread we make is organic flour, water, salt, generally. Done. That's what's in there, and then a lot of technique and a lot of care. Yeah. Um, so whereas you look at a you look at the ingredient list on a supermarket loaf of bread, and it's like thirty different ingredients. Yeah. Um, it's pretty simple. And, and really, I think what those ingredients do is compensate for a lack of care and skill. Yeah. <laughs> that they make shelf they make life. it well. They make, yeah, shelf life, and they make it possible to use machines to replace humans. Hopefully we'll go back to a world where the humans are getting quiet and yeah. back into the production side. It's fascinating to watch hand-made loaves just getting created as fast. 
These breads weigh in at, the dough weighs in at 2.4 kilos. Okay. They work really well for cafes and certain restaurants that want a loaf that keeps very well, where you have two ends, two mm -hmm. heels, mm -hmm. and then a whole lot of consistent slices. How do you find social media works for you? Instagram is fabulous because it connects you to an international community of arts and bakers yeah. um, and millers. Um, there's a real movement, a growing movement, to sort of connect bakers with local grain miller, growers and millers. Mm -hmm. A lot of that happens through Instagram. Yeah. Um, Facebook is good for connecting to the local community here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Comrie and Creef and Perth here generally and, and wider Scotland because a lot of, you know, Instagram is probably more of a younger person's thing. But yeah, social media is fabulous. I think the artisan, there was a guy who did a PhD on the artisan baking community on Instagram. Okay. And I think what he found was that um, more than most other, if not any other community, it was very much about sharing mm -hmm. information. There's a, when I first started baking back in 1998, there was very much a, a closed uh, sort of community, there was a lack of community, yeah. that people jealously guarded their secrets, and that's changed completely. One of the things I did with this hut was completely gut it and spray foam insulate it, so okay. it, it holds heat very well. Okay, lovely. <laughs> so, yeah. so we, we have to open all the windows in summer. Okay. Yeah. Um, what we have done in the past is held pizza events, and we get the community coming in, and, and that sort of, you know, sparks a lot of interest about what we do. But we don't really have a space to do that. Um, and certainly not in wet weather. You know, whenever I hold a pizza event, I'm stressing for two weeks, wondering what the weather's gonna do. Generally, what I'd like is more space. Um, you know, we are chronically short of space. And I'd like to be able to bring the community in, to be able to do classes, to be able to hold regular events. And are you baking seven days or? No, we bake, we bake four days, okay. and we, the, the fifth day, we sort of work five days here, is all pastry, lamination. Okay. So what's coming out of the oven? We're now timing. I'm going to start. <laughs> so these, the loaves at the top here are a special dough we do for restaurant Andrew Fairley. Okay. Um, they wanted a bread, which was a little different to what we normally do. And because, because Andrew was you know so good to us we 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 do a special dough just for restaurant andrew fairly because we come and come and have a look at the other you'll see a furnace wow uh, not a lot yeah they're just coals in there at the okay. moment okay yep but it's a it's a kind of a modern baker's oven but it's uh -huh. wood fire so <clears throat> this is our sourdough starter and incredibly this you know, bubbling, yeah. this in within 12, within 24, 48 hours can make 500 kilos of dough. Wow. Um, and it's a question of, you know, we mix this into a, a bigger leaven, bigger starter, that into a bigger one again, and that seeds our doughs. And, and 
It's just flour and water. It's a very elegant. So this is rye. Rye. So okay. this is 100% rye. This is the Scotland the bread rye. That's the okay. bread grown by a, a project in Scotland based in Fife. Okay. To to get a local grain economy going again. Great. So. So that's 100% wholemeal rye, and that's a that's a sourdough, a wheat sourdough starter. Wow. So explain to me the difference of a San Francisco sourdough. And a normal well, a San Francisco sourdough is just a sourdough. It's just a brat. Um, They're very good at marketing. Yeah, well, they were they were one of the first to sort of do it on a large scale. I mean, you had the French uh -huh. with Poilin, okay. and then you had San Francisco sourdough, which became the kind of... The, the, the style of San Francisco sourdough was, was high acidity, uh -huh. so and it was more the way they made their bread than the, than the actual wild yeast. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it just developed a name, and they were good at marketing it. And yeah. They got there. So this, this, these sourdough cultures will contain a number of wild yeasts and a number of wild bacteria. Um, generally, there'll be one or two of each that are dominant, mm -hmm. but, um, and they can vary um, around the world in different places. They'll vary, and they'll vary depending on how you manage them. So um, we, we refresh ours, meaning we, we, we take a small amount of starter, we add fresh flour and water mm -hmm. and that provides food for the microbes and we do that every 12 hours 365 days a year okay. so the, the whole idea here is to have a have a sourdough culture which is turbocharged and ready to go at any point mm -hmm. the way we do that will determine and the temperature that we keep it at we always keep it we try to keep it at a constant 28 degrees okay um, that's going to determine Ha what sort of microbes are happy to live in there. Okay. So when we're looking at quality breads, what would be your key guidance for Joe Public on the street? Joe Public? I mean, I think, of, I think of a few things in terms of what, for me, is a good bread. Flavour is really important. It's like complexity and richness of flavour. Um, you know, appearance is really important too. I think bread wants to be beautiful. And that doesn't mean sort of pretty in the sense of completely uniform mm -hmm. uh, it means beautiful as in something that kind of sings and that can be rustic I think digestibility is really important digestibility is about long fermentation often mm -hmm. um, sourdough in particular by changing the the pH so creating some acidity mm -hmm. actually uh, makes renders the bread more digestible essentially what it does is it, it triggers enzymes that begin to pull apart the constituents of the dough so okay. the gluten the protein begins to be pulled apart now that doesn't mean that it's safe for celiacs you know <laughs> but it uh, but it does mean that there's a there's, it's partially pre-digested by the time you eat it how should we store our bread i think bread doesn't really want to go in plastic well probably in a paper bag then wrapped in a tea towel okay. is a really nice way to store it because it can breathe, but it's not going to lose too much moisture. Mm -hmm. um, there are people now making bread bags that have a kind of a rubberized interior mm -hmm. that allows some air to come in and out, but it, it prevents them from drying out, but allows it to breathe. A lot of people, including me, will store my bread in paper bags on my kitchen counter. Do you eat lots of bread? We do, yeah. <laughs> three, yeah often, sometimes three meals a day. So... Any special Christmas loaves? Yeah, we do Christmas stolen. Mm -hmm. Which I, I suppose when you were talking about you know innovative products, really it's it's doing with sourdough, which things which people didn't think you could do. Yeah, and it's um, it's a bit of a labour of love. It's an incredibly laborious process. Mm -hmm. um, 
and we make our own candy peel. We use a very good Scotch whiskey. But I really like the idea of working with Glen Turret. You know, they're just up the road and good support and local. And I, I, I wasn't aware that they made, you know, single malts. So do you, any, do you hear any horror stories or ghost stories around working in the prison camp? Well, no, but there are, there is, there are paranormal groups which come and do oh, really? events here. Because of the prison of war camp, and also because the area has quite a long history, there was a Roman camp um, just in the fields over there, okay. sort of in, in the first century AD, I think. And, and before that, the Picts were here, and there's three rivers that meet in the town. And must mean something. It must mean something, <laughs> yeah. So Comrie actually means confluence or coming together because okay. of the three rivers meeting okay. in Comrie. Come in and have a quick look at pastry. There's nothing happening in here at the moment. The cool but you room. Can, you can see that it's cooler. Yeah. That's the whole idea. Wow. That we've got a marble, marble table. And in here, if you stick your nose in there, this is where we um, are proofing our sourdough pastries. Oh, beautiful. So wow. if, you, if you have a smell, mm -hmm. you'll see oh. what we're using is a sourdough culture, which has you know, bacteria, several yeasts, um, and they have to work really hard. Mm -hmm. um, they're pushing through sugar and butter and you know instead of 45 minutes proof on a yeasted croissant or whatever yeah. these are proofing for 14 hours at, 14 at 28 or 27 degrees 28 yeah so yeah and they've got a, they've got an extraordinary flavor a much richer flavor than a yeasted so what top tips have you got for budding bread makers temperature is is the big one um, I think making bread at home the struggle is always to find somewhere which is warm enough. If you've got a, a hot water unit or a boiler in a room or something where that's nice and warm, then you're, you're lucky. Uh -huh. um, but most people struggle with temperature. And there are ways around that. When I teach people, I, I encourage them to, to, to create their own little um, proofer. Well, you, you get on um, Gumtree or, uh -huh. or eBay or whatever and you buy yourself a, a snake thermostat. Okay. So a, a vivarium thermostat, which is designed to keep you know, snakes warm. Right. <laughs> you came across that home. <laughs> it's called a dimming, and the, the particular one you want is called a dimming thermostat. Okay. And you, you set up incandescent light bulbs, you know, mm -hmm. the old-fashioned ones with a little filament. Um, and, what, and then you set the thermostat. And, you know, like, if you can get hold of an old fridge uh -huh. that's virtually free to give away because mm -hmm. people, you know, people yeah. get rid of them for nothing, then you've suddenly got a, an insulated cabinet and then you get some incandescent light bulbs um, and one of these dimming thermostats, you set the thermostat to 28 degrees or 25 degrees or whatever you want, and it will maintain that temperature exactly. Um, if you want to make sourdough bread, it's about maintaining a healthy sourdough. And the difficulty at home really is frequency of use, that a sourdough really wants to be refreshed regularly. Okay. So you can keep them in the fridge. In doing so, you risk the acidity, you know, getting to a point where you're, you're essentially knocking off some of the microbes in there. And I, I'm talking about the spectrum of microbes. Mm -hmm. So some of those microbes won't be able to tolerate the cold and the, condi and the acidity. Mm -hmm. And you'll find that your, your sourdough kind of loses vigor mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's not really working for you. Mm -hmm. um, so by all means, anyone who wants leaven, you're welcome to come in and get some from the bakery. You know, like it's, I'm not precious about my leaven. <laughs> Good. Um, so. It's a very kind offer. Well, yeah, I'll take some away with you. Great. Yeah. Oh, super. Thank yeah. you.
Thank you so much to John Castley up at the Wild Hearth Bakery for such an enjoyable morning visiting the bakery and hearing all about his story and his insights into helping others grow their own businesses. If you'd be interested in taking part in a future podcast or even sponsoring one, please do get in touch and all contact details are in our podcast story. Thank you and have a great day.